Charge Car Convos. I am Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host. I hope you guys are having a fabulous Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. Um, I'm excited for today's episode because this was a trend on TikTok that I saw probably like a month ago. I'm not sure if it's like still popular, but I thought we needed to talk about this because it it like brought back all of these insane memories to me and I want to know if anyone can relate to these. So essentially, if you are not TikTok or you didn't see the trend, it's like pop culture moments that people are saying that altered my brain chemistry, that changed the trajectory of my life, anything of that nature. And it's that really is the perfect way to sum it up because it's not like my favorite pop culture moments. It's just those moments that like stuck with us for some reason and felt like the biggest deal in the world while like looking back at these I'm like this this shouldn't have been as big of a thing as it was do you know what I mean and um I tried to like I well I had a few that I had thought of and then a few that I saw a few times and I thought oh my god like that but that was a memory I completely forgot about and now that I've seen it, I just like can't, I can't shake it for my system. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna dive into these. And I'm very curious as to if you guys feel the same about these or if you have different ones. I think it, it really does depend on like, I think even people that are like a year or two older or younger than you will just have such different ones. You know, like there's so many things that I was seeing And I was like, oh, this person is clearly so much younger than me because no, that doesn't, that's not like relevant to me. You know what I mean? All right. So we're going to start. Also, these are so, why I want that open when the notes up on my phone dies. Okay. Um, Some of these are, are, they're all out of order. They're like chronologically, these are a mess um, because they just kind of like kept coming to me and they're from like completely different eras of time. So if you don't know a few of these, don't worry, because there's probably like a 10-year gap in between some of these. So the first one, and this is one that I really didn't see in any TikToks, which is so crazy to me because this was like the first one that comes to mind for me. Um, and that is the, it's it wasn't a music video, but it was a YouTube video made to the song, Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen and the main stars of the um, video were Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber who were dating at the time and it was like it was I mean obviously Selena and Justin were like the it couple at the moment like everyone loved them so I think that was like a big reason why it, it like blew up the way it did and I think Carly Rae Jepsen had just signed to the same label that Justin was on or something like that. Like he was doing it to promote the song and the song absolutely blew up after it. And it was just truly like the most revolutionary video that I've ever seen in my life. I'm trying to find who else was in it. Um, Video Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Because there's other celebrities in it too. And now I can't remember. Who else was in this video? Oh, Ashley Tisdale, right? Yeah. Ashley Tisdale was in it. And like some of their other friends. I I think like one of Justin Bieber's like backup dancers was in it too. And I 
like people were just obsessed with this video specifically me and it was so funny and it was weirdly like so good like they had like choreographed dances and it was like a full-fledged video and I just I loved oh my god yeah Carlos from Big Time Rush was in it (laughs) which is so random did you guys know Carlos is in a ton of Hallmark movies now with his wife who was Lava Girl question mark of Shark Boy and Lava Girl and the two of them are like uber religious people who <laughs> who star in Hallmarks together but I'm pretty sure they have it like written into their contract that they can only be each other's love interest because I've seen multiple videos that they're in I mean mul- not multiple videos most multiple Hallmark words are hard multiple Hallmark movies that they're in and they always are each other's love interest like I've never seen either of them independently in a Hallmark movie which is interesting but that's just a a weird tangent big time rush not on here but like that was a moment in time as well I think I saw them in concert because they were they like played at a concert that I was at and big time rush really they had some absolute bangers I will say that like to this day I stand by that and I think they're like trying to make a comeback and I'm in full support of that in case anyone was wondering what my take is on big time rush in 2022 um pro I am pro big time rush okay The second one I have was the Never Say Never movie. This was the Justin Bieber documentary that came out. What year did that come out? Like these are, like I said, these are all over the place. Um, This movie, I saw it probably like 13 times in theaters and I don't know why. The thing is, is I don't think I even was a huge, it came out in, oh no, that's a totally different movie, 2011 came out in 2011. So I was, uh, ripely 13. That absolutely checks out because I think I was the target demographic. And I don't even think I was that big of a Justin Bieber fan before this movie. And I saw the movie once and I was just like obsessed and I had to go see it like 12 more times. And I think it was in like 3d too. And you got these like purple glasses that was like Justin Bieber's like signature color. And like he wore glasses like that. And it was this whole thing. And I like fully became a believer from that movie. It was for like a celebrity documentary. It was weirdly so enticing, which wasn't enticing because I was just a 13 year old girl probably, but it, I loved it. And then I remember they released like a second version of it. It was like the director's cut and it was longer. And then I had to go see that, of course, after I'd already seen it like 35 times. But that movie, like something was in that movie that made made people like obsessed with Justin Bieber. It was it was heinous. Um, also, I, I clearly went through a big Justin Bieber era because... The Beauty and the Beat music video, which is Justin Bieber's song with Nicki Minaj. And the music video itself is just like etched permanently into my mind. Like this scene where they're at the pool and like there's like a party going on in the pool, also known as a pool party. And Nicki Minaj famously says the line, gotta keep an eye out for Selena. And that has just like, I don't know. I mean, I think that truly has stood the test of time because that phrase, got to keep it out for Selena, is just like, it's it's so 
good. It's so good. It's universal. It kind of, it just like, you can kind of throw it into any given conversation that you're having and like, it'll just work and people will just get it. Um, I loved that music video for some reason. And it's funny because at that point, that was a couple years later, I think maybe it wasn't. It's hard to know the timeline of these, but like you can tell I clearly went through a just, I really only liked Justin Bieber when he dated Selena Gomez. That's the realty. And I stand by that. Anyways, anyways. Okay. Then we have, if you guys ever watched the show, iCarly, which truly a phenomenal show. I remember when they put it on Netflix, like last year or the year before, I watched the whole thing again and I was like still laughing at it. Like I really think that that was one of those shows that it was genuinely funny. Um, and still to this day, like I think a lot of the Disney shows, we wouldn't be able to say the same thing, unfortunately. Like today I just, you know, they're, the Disney shows are definitely more for a young audience. And so therefore the humor is so young that like, it's just not funny. But the iCarly, like iCarly, like Victorious, those shows, I think they stand the test of time, truly. And the moment in particular that is so, so clear to me is when the character Gibby introduced his younger brother Guppy. (laughs) And they're just like carbon copies of each other, except Guppy was this like adorable, like four or five year old kid. And I don't know why, but that was like a huge moment. And the thing is, is like a lot of these I realized weren't even, I didn't even really like have social media at the time. So I don't know. I don't know if this was like a widely received phenomenon or if this was just something that like to me specifically that was so revolutionary because like there's other ones that like I definitely had Twitter at the time and like Instagram and people were definitely talking about these things that I remember that were like more recent but like Gibby and Guppy like I have no idea if that shook people the same way that it shook me but it did. And I remember being like, this is brilliant. Like, this is brilliant storytelling. This is amazing. Whoever thought to introduce Guppy as a character, chef's kiss, you've done it again. I even found myself when I rewatched the show last year being like, wow, I can't wait until the episode where they introduce Guppy. Like, I couldn't wait. And the thing is, is grand scheme of the show, super minor. He's a super minor character. I think he's in like two or three episodes, maybe like four Um, and it's in, it's all in like later seasons. So like he really has like no significant role in the show, but he's just amazing. I also was really sad because in like the iCarly reboot that they did, I only watched a few episodes of it and not because I didn't like it. I actually did like it, but I just hate waiting week to week for, for shows. Um, which is, it's just like, I don't have the attention span for that. Like I just forget about it. And then once I get to be like a few episodes behind, I'm like, Ugh, I don't even feel like getting into that right now, you know? But I was really sad that Noah Monk, the guy who played Gibby didn't come back for the reboot because I think, I think that would have been hysterical. And he actually is in, um, the sitcom, the Goldbergs that is still on TV. And he, I just like love seeing his face. It just is like, it, it brings me back back to the Nickelodeon days, you know? Um, okay. What do we have next? Okay. Next we have Miley Cyrus in her bangers era. 
um, specifically her VMAs performance slash appearance where that was like the first time I think like the VMAs was when she really like popped off and like everyone was like who the fuck is she and we were so confused it was like the stark and very clear transition from Disney Channel Miley Cyrus to I am a fully independent person and I'm an artist and I'm like totally rogue Miley Cyrus and I that like this is one I know like I had Twitter at this point in time I had Instagram and I think I want to say this was really big on Vine too weirdly like Wrecking Ball that whole era of Miley Cyrus and it was that was one that I know was like universal like that was shocking to everyone like all of the outfits that she wore at that time just were making headlines pretty much everything she did was a headline and I just th- that has always stuck with me just seeing see, seeing your like childhood idol become someone so totally <laughs> so totally she was the anti Hannah Montana and like in hindsight I love it but like it was shocking at first and I love Miley Cyrus now I think I really do think she has one of the best voices at this point in time in the entire world like truly her voice is so unique and it's so I don't know it like gives me chills when I hear her like when I see clips of her singing live I literally get chills I started I started crying to one of them once it was when she was singing um what was she singing was um it was the cover of like a prayer that she does that is so freaking good if you haven't I mean if you haven't listened to it listen to it but you should also go look it up on TikTok because there was one video that I saw and I literally got goosebumps. It just sounded like I was getting choked up. Don't worry. I'm fine. Um, okay. Next up we have, this is, this is more YouTube than celebrity, but the entire sister squad error, error. I always want to say error and I hate that the entire sister squad era. And this was, this was definitely, I saw this mentioned a lot on TikTok. Like this was, this was one that people clearly holds near and dear to their hearts. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. I remember like the first time I saw all of them, if you, if you are not familiar with like YouTube drama, this was when Emma Chamberlain and the Dolan twins and James Charles were all hanging out and making videos together and they called themselves the sister squad. And it was like, truly such an iconic moment because it was rumored that Emma and Ethan question mark were dating and because they she started hanging out with them all the time and then like James Charles was he, he was there um and it was like the content that they made together was so fun to watch and I remember like people would always be posting like oh my god I know they were hanging out today like I hope they make another video all like it was they they really they could have done anything together and people were just like on the edge of their seats they were so excited me myself me me myself and I included I loved them and then the sister squad just kind of like broke up and it was just like huh what what happened and no one knew and it was so sad it was a very short-lived dynasty but when it was in full swing it was it was the moment. And actually now that I say that also 
Emma Chamberlain being friends with Hannah Maloche and the other one. What's the other one? Ellie? Ellie, right? But she's still friends with Ellie? Question mark? I don't know. I don't know. But when they were all friends and they used to make content together and then all of a sudden they weren't, that was another moment where I was like, it that has also stuck with me. Clearly not that much because I don't even know their names. But like I it's just those you know what it is these ones specifically that I'm talking about are those kind of like unsolved mysteries that it kills me that I will never know the answer to like I want to know why Hannah Malosh and Emma Chamberlain aren't friends and like why do I care literally why do I care like I do not know these people like it truly does not affect my life in any way shape or form but like I want to know and certain moments like that those those will get to me like why did the sister squad stop being friends I mean nowadays I can think of a million reasons because James Charles is literally the creepiest person ever and it is like detrimental to someone's brand to be associated with him yeah that could be the case but like back then it wasn't well it wasn't as bad I think I think he's always been very controversial but anyways um and now that I'm saying that god I'm just going on so many tangents but like one celebrity mystery that I will always hold so near and dear to my heart is the mystery of who is the father of Mindy Kaling's children. And I like, it is, it is stupid how bad I want to know the answer to that. I am a Mindy Kaling stan like through and through and through and through. I literally everything she touches is gold. In my opinion, I think she's so funny and everything that she has a hand in is just hysterical and so entertaining and so fun to watch. And because of that, and because I obviously am obsessed with The Office, like to a detriment and like, it's like kind of embarrassing. I love The Office. I loved her in The Office. And like, that's obviously where I first heard of her. And then seeing her do all of the things that she does now, like I've just always been such a fan of hers, right? Then I come to find out like, oh, also her and BJ Novak have been best friends for so long like super, super close best friends. Like they take each other as dates to premieres and to other like major Hollywood events. And like, okay, fine. Like they've been friends for forever. They're both from Massachusetts, shout out. And they are just like the best of friends. Totally fine. But then all of a sudden she has two kids out of nowhere and isn't married. (laughs) It turns into me being like, why was she having children out of wedlock. No, obviously that's a joke. Um, but it's one of those things where people were kind of like, okay, what? Like, how did she do this? Not how did she do this? Like scientifically, like we know the answer to that, but cause obviously women can have babies not without actually being married or having to have a partner. But the thing is who the fuck is her father and not her, <laughs> who is Mindy Kaling's father? No, who's the father of her ch- children. And so many people think that it's BJ Novak. Which then it goes back to like, are they dating or are they just like super, super close friends? I mean, we have to think that they're probably dating because I think they did admit to at one point being romantically involved. And I don't know. I would think if you were going to have children on your own, you would want the sperm donor to be someone you know. Or would you? Maybe you wouldn't because then that gets messy. Cause then it's like, okay, these are your children weirdly, but like, <laughs> but like we, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? That is another mystery that 
I would, I really, truly want to, I need to know the answer to that at some point in my life. And I never will probably, unless I become best friends with Mindy Kaling, which I could see happening. I, I don't know. I think we'd be, (laughs) I think we'd be the best of friends, but that's just me. Um, this one's definitely super, super recent, but the whole Olivia Rodrigo, Sabrina Carpenter, Joshua Bassett drama, dare I say that shook the fucking nation. Okay. And what was that early? Was that 2020 or was that 2021? I literally don't, I think it was 2021. 2021 to me is the year that didn't happen. And, uh, 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 what year did it 2021? Yeah, I was right. Okay. So like we're in the middle of the pandemic. No one has anything to think about except for Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett. And I remember like there was multiple occasions where I had to explain to people the drama because like I, I knew the drama and like, like I remember my mom asking me about it um, because like she kept like, it was just, you saw it everywhere. You heard the song everywhere. People were talking about the song everywhere. It was like in SNL skits. Like it was it was such a universally and like just a huge moment. And then because of the song itself, it just became like everyone needed to know what was going on between the three of them. And like when Sabrina released her song that was kind of like in retaliation to driver's license, which I don't even know the name of. It was something about like skin. (laughs) That sounds disgusting and I could be wrong, but like I remember that being like it it just it just shook us as a nation. We all stood together and were shook together. And I think I think with those ones like there's something kind of beautiful about it. it. There's something kind of beautiful that like with all of like the craziness that was going on in the world in fucking January 2021, we all were able to stand together and just be like team Olivia like <laughs> it's it's insane but it is it is funny how there's like certain there's like certain pop culture moments that are truly just the perfect storm and they have like all of the elements that makes everyone hear about it and like be even a little intrigued and that is kind of beautiful I think um okay this one definitely a little bit older but when I saw Pitch Perfect for the first time Pitch Perfect, wonderful film, first of all. There, I said it. Pitch Perfect, the um, series, the franchise. The Pitch Perfect franchise, to me, is, is, is objectively good, okay? That could be controversial, but I said what I said, and I stand by it. And also, did you know that they are making a spinoff show for Bumper, wherein Adam Devine, not Adam not Adam Levine, (laughs) but it's spelled very similar just with a D. Anyways, Adam Devine, who is hysterical and he is married to Chloe Bridges and I love them together as a couple. This is, can you tell I'm going on a tangent again? Adam Devine's character, Bumper from Pitch Perfect, is getting his own spinoff series on Hulu maybe? I think it's Hulu. Could be any other streaming service though, not Netflix. Um, it's called Bumper in Berlin. And the thing is, am I excited for that? No. Like if I'm being so frank, no, I'm not. I think like Pitch Perfect has had its time and like we can officially, like we can nip it in the bud. It can be done. Right. 
But the thing that has me on the edge of my seat, the thing that has me wanting more and even considering, I think I should watch this, is the fact that Bumper's love interest in this spinoff series is none other than Sarah Hyland. What? Who is Sarah Hyland, you might be asking? She plays Haley in Modern Family. Now, if you watch Modern Family and you know Haley, she once dated Adam Devine's character on Modern Family. And I thought that they were going to end up together and I was so rooting for them. And then she fucking ended up with that loser, Dylan, and it pissed me off. But everyone is saying that like this is their redemption arc. Totally different franchise now. But the two of them are playing love interest again. And it's just... I don't know. It's there's something beautiful about that. So whoever did the marketing on that and the casting, they knew what they were doing because they probably were like, is a show called Bumper in Berlin going to actually sell? No, (laughs) no, ma'am. No, but is having Adam Devine play opposite Sarah Hyland going to sell? Yes, absolutely. It will. Anyways, why did I start talking about this? Pitch Perfect, the movie. Again, another moment that just like shook the nation cups by Anna Kendrick was everywhere everyone was singing the cup song and they were doing the little the little jig with like their hands on a cup and it was so annoying it was so annoying but it like everyone knew it but the 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 moment that's really truly forever in my head is the riff off in Pitch Perfect now if you're unfamiliar with this scene um they they go to a college together and there's like Weirdly, so many acapella groups at this college. Now, I went to a super small college, so I cannot confirm or deny that like this happened. Like, I know at bigger schools, there's probably multiple acapella groups, but it seemed like there was a stupid amount in this movie. And they all had like a niche kind of. And like the one that they, the Bart and Bella's. They, they dressed like flight attendants and sang like old lady songs. Like that was their niche. And then there was all these other like cool acapella groups. Right. But anyways, they all got together for a riff off wherein I'm definitely shaking on the details, but it would be so, it was so elaborate. Okay. And there was so many strict rules, which seems, you know, maybe a bit overzealous for a college acapella makeshift competition that's held in like a warehouse but that's just me and there there was like a certain word okay so the word would be like love and then everyone like right away one group would come up with a song that had the word love in it and they would acapella-ly acapella they would sing <laughs> they would sing without instruments all together this song And then some other group would try and like play off of that. And it's something that if I had to guess cannot actually exist in the real world. Do we think it can? There's no way that like groups of people can be that in sync with each other musically to just be able to kind of like intercept what everyone's. It is truly it's all inspiring, I would say and jaw dropping and if I were to actually see it live and in person I think I would genuinely be flabbergasted and I would probably have a lot more faith in just the world as a whole but that scene stuck with me because it was just something you didn't expect and it was really it was impressive there I said it 
the riff off is impressive. Just seeing a bunch of people going back and forth, singing, it was fun. Okay, now this next one, this next one is the beginning, the beginning of the end, I would say. Um, Kanye and Taylor. Taylor winning video of the year, Kanye getting up on stage, declaring that she should not have, in fact, won that. I do think that that could have been the beginning of Kanye's decline. Obviously, in recent years, in recent months, in recent weeks, he has been rapidly declining. Um, And for that, I say that is the consequences of actions, right? That's just me. Um, but I, I, that moment has been forever etched in my mind. I think it was Taylor's villain or villain villain. Did I say villain? Not a word. Anyways, it just felt like it was such a turning point in, uh, just pop culture history. Like it was like widely known that Taylor was kind of the victim of the situation from what I remember, people felt so bad for her because it was just so aggressively rude of Kanye to do that. And obviously Taylor has derived a lot of content from it, which I love. And so I think it'll just kind of like remain in eternity. Just like one of those moments that everyone, everyone remembers everyone. Like if you say like the Kanye and Taylor thing, everyone knows what you're talking about, you know? Okay, next up we have uh, Lady Gaga dressed in the meat dress. Now, this specific era of Lady Gaga was so unhinged that I almost, I remember I was young. I was probably in middle school when, when this whole Lady Gaga debacle happened. And I remember thinking, like, this woman is so off her fucking rocker. Like, I liked her music. I mean, I liked, like, you know, the songs that they, like, played on the radio, but I remember like whenever I saw pictures of her, I was like, oh my God, she's fully batshit crazy. And you know what? I kind of stand by that. To wear a dress with me on it, what are we doing? What are we doing? But it's one of those things. If you say meat dress, everyone knows you're talking about Lady Gaga in like 2011. It was such a, it was such a thing and, and it should have been because in no world should we normalize a human being wearing a dress of raw meat on the red carpet. I don't think I don't, that's not a world I want to live in personally, but the fact of the matter is, is she probably just wore that dress. So people would be talking about her and it worked, you know, it's one of those things where mission accomplished, everyone was talking about her and, you know, is is bad PR still good PR? That's not the quote. Is any press is bad? You know what I'm trying to say. And I think she did it right. People were talking about her and people to this day know the iconic meat dress and that scandal. And I just love it. Um, Okay. This next one, we're going back to Nickelodeon shows. There was a lot of pop culture moments permanently etched in my mind that I just cannot shake that stemmed from the Nickelodeon show Zoe 101. And the first and foremost one that I do remember was when Jamie Lynn Spears, as I like to call her the devil incarnate, when she fucking got pregnant while making that show and they had to end the show because of her. And maybe they were going to end the show anyways. Maybe it wasn't actually like her getting pregnant that ended it, but it like that moment 
stuck with me and you want to know why because my mom wouldn't let me watch the end of the show she wouldn't let me watch the finale the the series finale because like news had just broke that Jamie Lynn Spears was fucking pregnant which is crazy mom why did you do that I remember I had to go watch it at a friend's house and I did and I did but that was just like one of those things where it was like oh my god Zoe 101 is pregnant that doesn't make any sense and it still doesn't it still doesn't make any sense so that was the first Zoe 101 moment that really sticks out the second was when Zoe and Chase finally kissed on the show and they like started dating that was kind of like an unexpected plot twist especially for like I don't know for like a Nickelodeon show I really thought that they were just kind of have it kind of like go on forever where like Chase was just like hopelessly obsessed with Zoe and that was it and they were like still just like always friends but obviously that did not end up being the case and I just remember like that was a moment it was a moment when they finally kissed and then they started dating and like Zoe was in London or something and then Chase just like decided he was going to transfer to the school in London which made no sense just logistically logistically what was Zoe 101 like that whole show is just a nightmare in terms of being realistic so is iCarly so is Victorious like you know what I will say actually is uh, Nickelodeon shows are so much more far-fetched than Disney Channel shows. Like Disney Channel shows are mostly now all of a sudden that show dog with the blog is coming to my mind where it literally has like a talking dog that writes a blog. And I will say that is far-fetched. You got me there Disney Channel. But I feel like most of the Disney Channel shows were like relatively realistic. Like it's just like a person with a family that's kind of crazy and like that's that's it but like the Nickelodeon shows like iCarly this girl becomes internet famous and like lives with her brother who's a sculptor but they're weirdly so rich and they live in this like huge apartment in Seattle it's just eh, you know it has me questioning a few things and then like Zoe 101 they go to the school with like pretty much zero supervision like on the beach it's a little too good to be true but alas Zoe and Chase that was a moment for me and then finally the character Mark Del Figolo he will he lives rent free in my mind and I can't explain why I just like Mark Del Figolo is always there in my head it like he's not top of mind don't get me wrong but mm, you know Okay, we're coming back to some YouTube YouTube moments. Uh, actually, do I just have one more left that's YouTube? I think I do. Actually, two. Okay, so the first one is the Tana Mojo story time era. This was when I was in high school, like end of high school, early college. And I just think this just really it changed who I was like her stories that she used to tell. I I think she's just, she's one of those people that has changed so much since like becoming famous. And, and I, I think even like, even that was so articulate of me, but I just really don't think she could ever be that kind of person again. Like it was, it was just such a moment of time like she would make these pretty long for YouTube videos at the time I think 
videos where she would just tell the most fucking outrageous stories that were so hilarious and like so unhinged like I don't remember anyone on YouTube being like that at that point in time like because people were still it was kind of like the travel vlogger era like the lifestyle vlog girlies that like were taking over YouTube at that point in time. So they were just making super curated content of like their fun, cool life. And then you have this girl that's just like sitting down and telling the most absurd stories. And I just, I loved it. Also, if you were a big Tana Mojo person, do you remember the like spinoff YouTube channel she tried to make that was called Trash? Please, if you remember that, please let me know because that is so niche. But Tana made this like second channel that was with her and like a bunch of other like smaller YouTubers at the time and it was supposed to be like I don't know I don't know I don't know what it was supposed to be but like this like huge collab channel where they like all posted videos to and it it flopped after like a week but it was like they made it to be such a thing oh and then TanaCon obviously that's something that is just always in my head too TanaCon and then Shane Dawson talking to Tana after TanaCon and like not knowing whose side to be on because like at first it was like how could Tana do this which is kind of crazy to like blame like an 18 year old kid for like the demise of an entire convention and then I remember after the Shane Dawson thing it was like she really put the blame on this like one guy who like ran some event company and it and then like he just became like such a hated figure which is kind it's just crazy but yeah tanacon that was nuts okay this one is also super super niche and i like it's technically youtube but like not really even it was every year when they did the victoria's secret fashion show they would release like a video like a music video style video of them like lip syncing the music performer from that year's song that was again I'm just like so articulate today but they the year that I'm thinking of was 2016 probably and it was when Selena Gomez was performing at the Victoria's Secret fashion show and they made a video that was for can't keep my hands to myself I don't think that's the full I don't think the name of the song is that long hands to myself something like that (laughs) and it was like all of the the Victoria's Secret angels like dancing and lip syncing to the song and it was such a moment and I don't know why like I it I don't know why. I think it was because that song had just come out too. It was kind of like a Call Me Maybe video vibe where they were just kind of like goofing around, you know, being supermodels. And it like made that that song kind of pop off. And I still, that's, that is such a good song. I will say, I love that song. Um, but I just like vividly remember that music video. It wasn't like, it wasn't Selena Gomez's music video. It was like a Victoria's Secret video that they put out, but it was, it was so, I don't know. It just like, it lives in my mind. Um, okay. The, this one was the the final episode of Hannah Montana. This, what was this? Like the end of the show actually wrecked me. Like her not being Hannah Montana anymore and like coming clean to the world about who she is. And then she goes to college And I remember there's a scene where someone knocks on her door and it's Lily 
And I just started sobbing at that scene. And it's funny because I don't even remember the context of that scene now. But I remember like sobbing and it was just like so sad. Um, Hated the end of Hannah Montana. Really did make me cry. Also super niche, but the end of Sweet Life on Deck where London Tipton says goodbye to Mr. Mosby. And he's like, just remember, I'm always a phone call away. And she's like, okay. And it's so emotional because this man has literally raised her. This fictitious man has literally raised her, her entire life. And she walks away and Mr. Mosby gets a call and it's her. And it was like, I started sobbing and I, it's so funny because I remember literally nothing about that show except for that moment. And it just, it's clearly always stuck with me. Um, also in terms of Zach and Cody, the Halloween episode of the sweet life of Zach and Cody, when Esteban, is that his name? Esteban? Yeah, it was Esteban Julio Ricardo Montoya de la Rosa Ramirez question mark him when he they were like I don't remember I don't remember any of it I remember the one scene where he is like summoning spirits and they're all sitting around this table in this like haunted room that was in the hotel that will never leave my mind like I it I remember that was the scariest fucking episode of anything I'd ever seen in my life and it just stuck with me a little too a little too well you know um Okay, this was, does anyone remember when the cinnamon challenge was a thing? Um, if you don't, or I feel like this was probably mostly like a U.S. thing, um, because I feel like people in other countries would not be this stupid, uh, but it was like you would chug, you would take a spoonful of ground cinnamon and you would try, sw- try and swallow it, and which is like impossible to do because it's like just strictly powder. And your it like dries out your mouth so fast. So then people there was videos all over the internet of people doing it, and they would try and do it. And then what would happen is like while you try and swallow it, your mouth and throat become like so dry that you just like projectile, not vomit, but like spit up all of the cinnamon that's in your mouth. So niche, but I remember my mom was so concerned that I was gonna do this. Because it like it ended up being like it was probably like on the news as like this thing that kids are doing and like be on the lookout like don't let your kids do this because it was like dangerous like you could have choked it like it is dangerous but I remember my mom was so concerned and didn't want me to do it and I obviously was never I'm way too fucking anxious to put a a spoonful of fucking ground cinnamon in my mouth I would have thought I would have died but I like it just like stuck with me because then I was I started equating like ground cinnamon to like drugs <laughs> which is that's funny in and of itself but the cinnamon challenge was it really did like sweep the nation um okay then I have when Steve Harvey said the wrong name at the Miss Universe pageant contest thing I have no idea the context of this but I I do remember it like as this huge moment and I like the fact that he's been able to come back from that is actually astounding because Like at that point in time, I was like, like people were, it seemed very career ending, which is kind of insane saying the wrong name at a Miss Universe pageant is career ending. But like, that's what it felt like, like for a brief second in time for like a blip, everyone had turned against Steve Harvey, which is like, you know, that was just something no one had on their bingo card that year. And for good reason, honestly. Okay. Um, the last two 
we have, um, yeah. Okay. So this one for me, this was huge. The divergent in hunger games and twilight, like that era in time, this one for me is not like a pop culture moment. It was, this was more of a a time period, like an all encompassing time period. That time period was arguably the best pop culture time period that since I've been alive in my 24 years on this planet, that was the best. I could, because I was reading the books, I read all of the Hunger Games books. I read all the Divergent books. I read all the Twilight books. And then we got to all see the movies. And I think it was, it was, again, it was, um, one of those things where everyone's kind of like comes together, you know, like everyone at my school was like reading Twilight and, it just felt, it felt like we were all kind of in this together. Like we're all reading the books and then we're all going and seeing a person. This is also when Tumblr was really big, which it, the whole time period for me just feels so nostalgic. But I think I also saw a lot about like these movies and books on Tumblr. So that kind of like added to it. And it just felt like it was a bigger thing, you know, because I, it kind of had the social media element to it. I literally loved that time period. It was so iconic it made you want to like learn how to fight someone, which is fun. It was nothing shy of revolutionary. Like Shailene Woolley, like fully Woolley, Woodley, Shailene Woodley. She fully ruled the screen for those few years. And I thank her for that, honestly. And then my last one is another super, super recent one, but just Frenemies and the Frenemies podcast. And not only just the Frenemies podcast in general, because that in and of itself, its own moment, but all of like the niche drama that they uncovered throughout that show, like all of the David Dobrik drama and like all of those allegations and James Charles and all of that, it just felt so like real and like raw and like it was happening right in front of you. And like they had all of this like super insane, like proof of all of these things. It just felt like it was one of those, you had to be there. And I still miss frenemies to this day, even though it's probably for the best, but I still miss it. Um, all right. So those are my, those are my moments that have probably shaped me a little too much. And I'm curious if you guys have any more that I missed, please DM them to me. I'm so curious. Um, and follow the podcast on Instagram. It's at parkscarconvos.pod. Make sure you're following the or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to and maybe leave a rating, a review, maybe send it to your friend and say, oh my God, what's your favorite pop culture moment that shaped you? And you know what? On that note, have a fabulous day and I will talk to you soon. Bye.